good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Price of Fame. This is your host, Lunga Chuka, the Energizer Funny, and I will be guiding you through today's podcast today. Like I said, the name is The Price of Fame. So today we're going to be finding out what is it. You know when people always say, trust the process, trust the journey. You never know truly what they mean because like, what do you know what I'm going through? You know, everybody thinks that you're facing all of this difficult challenges in life and you know anything that you can't push through sometimes you doubt yourself and sometimes you doubt you doubt your dreams and you all hear all these voices of doubt and sometimes they get bigger than what your energy is so this podcast is to focus on the journey um these are i've tackled a few of my people that i admire in the industries and in the different kinds of industry people that i look up to people that i consider to be famous and we're bringing them on this platform and we want to talk about their journey what they've learned what can we learn from their journey and we just like to hear this story so that we can add value to these people that we already value so tonight's guest we have dj easy i'm not going to do a whole long intro because most of you already know who DJ Easy is, and he's got a website. If you want to check him out on his social media platforms, you want to see all the big, amazing things that he's currently doing and the things that he's done, you can go check it out there. So we're not going to repeat any of those things. Today, we want to get into the real-life stories. We want to get into what DJ Easy has learned on his journey, how do we resonate with this beautiful human being and the soul, and how can he inspire us with his story today. Ladies and gentlemen, please... I don't know, make likes and smiles and whatever because you can't make some noise. But in your house, come fan, 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 fan for DJ Easy in the house. <laughs> what up, brother? First and thank foremost, thank you so much for joining me on this platform. Thank you for being my first guest. Um, how are you doing, brother? I'm good. Thank you so much, Lunga. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, yeah, I, w- I want a copy of that intro. That's an amazing intro you gave me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the one with all the highlights, out all yeah, the highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that stuff. In post-colonial times, I want to use that when I can get back to gigs. Yeah, again. yeah. For sure, yeah. for sure. You pick me up, I'll send you a perfect one. I'll make it up on the spot. And awesome, you might have awesome, awesome. we go with it. <laughs> all right, awesome. cool. So, um, then, um, well, you you said you're good, all right? I'm good. I'm, I'm surviving like the Bee Gees. I'm trying to stay alive. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I haven't, haven't gigged in just over a year. I haven't had a paid gig, let me say that. Wow. <laughs> in over a year, but, I, but, I'm, but I'm safe, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm, uh, I'm staying positive, testing negative. That's it. Yeah, so, oh, I like, I like that. So yeah, yeah. Good, just yeah. staying positive, keeping the vibration, keeping above the water. That's all that we can do for now, that's you know? That's all we can do. That's all we also, can transform do. ourselves, you know? And we're going to get into that a little bit. But... I want to take it from the beginning because I know where my story starts with you in the picture, you know? Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. My story starts with with you in 2003 um, when the first time I entered the hip hop battle in the hip hop scene, the hip hop culture. So I started hanging out with this, hanging out with a group of friends of mine and I met around 2000. And they were dancers. Um, They went by the name, we went by the name of Hardcore Mentality at the time. And we yeah, yeah what? <laughs> so we used to break it down at, at my and my homie b-boy lion king we used to break it down at his house He's, we still get gathered at his place all the most of the b-boys still gather there to practice okay so we would get there and we just do shows and we would and we would like attend these events where we would see all these hip-hop superstars you know and they would come home and we just practice and practice and it took us a couple of years before we stepped on stage and introduced ourselves and like this is who we are we also been around and we've been working at things but i'm taking it back to you being one of the pioneers for me of say hip hop you're one of my first reference and now many references in the hip hop scene you know um rest in peace mr fat um competition events that we don't have anymore like alex girl those kind of things yeah that was my introduction Ooh. And you were spinning hard on the decks. And I think you're also representing the beat bangers, um, the beat bangers squad at the time. And obviously, from seeing you from events, a different platform that I saw, you was also in the club with the classic parties. Uh, and one of the best DJs that we all waited for, you know, we're like, oh, easy's on. You're the kind of DJ that keeps you away from the bar, that keeps you, and like, you, you're speaking to a chick, you're like, listen, yeah, I'm now here. Yeah, I just have to go dance to that song. <laughs> 
And while you break it down, you dance into another song and another song and another song. And even though you didn't get a chance to buy your drink or your girl into a way, you are happy because you came out and you enjoyed the music that you've been spinning. Sure. You have a huge passion for your craft and you've mastered it way before I've seen you, before I met you. Um, I already looked at you as a, as a star, you know. We said like, wow. oh, there's that one, there's this one, you know. We would say those kind of things. And it was always like an honor to like just get that. Yo, DJ Easy, and you know, it's just and just a, a wink or just a thumbs up that would make us feel so amazing because like you guys were like our forefathers and you 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 shaped what hip hop sounded like, what hip hop should look like, you know, many different players, and you were one of those people that shaped it for me. So it's a real honor to have you tonight and actually find out who the hell you truly are. Where did you come from? I want to know who what who, how did Tyron transform? Yeah. DJ Easy, please take us through that journey. Um, sure. Don't leave out anything. We want to learn from you. If there's any embarrassing moments which that you want to laugh about now, any challenges, anything that were like that was kind of like a threat to you or whatever inspired you, please share us your story. How did you transform yourself from the boy Titan and who had a dream or had a vision to who you are today? Sure, that's a mouthful. I, I'm going to try and give you as much detail as possible, Lunga. And it's funny that in your little intro now, you mentioned a girl, because I guess when you go to a club, depending, <laughs> some people go to some people go to get down, some people go to get girls. My yes, story, yes. my story from, let's say, getting uh, consumed by this thing or getting captured or hooked and smitten by this culture that we love that we call hip hop. Um, both both times involved a girl, and in a good oh. way, not in a, not in a bad way. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm from Pontiavo on the Cape Flats, for people who don't know. Um, yeah. That's where I'm from. That's not where I stay now. Yes, I made it, my mom, out of the hood. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I out of the hood. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I was actually, I was born in Cape Town, and I was 10 days old when my parents moved into a house in Bontiavo. I went to school there, which people call primary school, and in my day, we said standard one, yeah. it's not grade one and grade two. <laughs> um, so I went to school in Bontiavo, and primary school was, you know, sub A, sub B, which is what grade one and two, and in grade three, which was 1984, so that's like standard one we called it the movie breaking came out okay and on the soundtrack of that movie was a song called it's an ollie and jerry theme um and it was called there's no stopping us so i don't know how many people still do that now but in school you have to come up in class and say what you did for the weekend or you have to come and do your auto piece you know whether you talk about your dog or talk about your vacation in durban with yeah. your family or whatever yeah. Um, I saw this movie and a friend of mine, Sean, also saw the movie. So when we came to school on Monday morning, we thought we would just flip it on the whole class. And instead of us talking about, you know, we slept at our granny's house or what we ate for the weekend, we were going to talk about this movie that we saw. And instead of just talking about the movie, we obviously failed horribly, but we tried to copy the moves we saw in the movie. Nice. So that's kind of the introduction that kind of got me interested. So let's say breaking, okay? I'm not going to say b-boying. I'm just going to say breaking because that was the name of the movie. Um, my older brother, I have two older brothers, but the eldest one, he took me to a cinema to see a different movie called I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. And in the movie, Sleek Rick played a, a, a character in the movie and he had the big gold chain on. I think he had a car's hubcap around his neck as well. Um, the yeah. soundtrack had KRS-One on it, had some other people on it. And there was something about the music that, you know, kind of grabbed me. And I must say, in my primary school journey, I was a bit of a nerd. So I spent a lot of time at the library after school. Of course, being in Bonte, yeah. well, it's a bit of a, let's say, sketchy or dodgy or dangerous neighborhood, whichever word fits, you know, yes. for, for the audience. Um, so I would be at home and then I would go to the library and get back. I wouldn't, you know, we didn't have a PlayStation. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have, you know, smartphones to keep our you'd look at or whatever. So it was just yeah. my books. Um, and then and came my... Probably, some, that's like something probably hard to understand for kids of today to be like, what, yeah. you never, phone, you never had this? Like, never had a phone, never had a PlayStation. Life was like back then, you know? Yep. To I, break think, I think the most interesting it got in my house, I had a Kerem, a Kerem board. You know what the Kerem board is? <laughs> I know, I know, but okay. I don't know people what the Kerem board is. <laughs> so that's, know about the, <laughs> that's about the, as interesting as it got. But 
what happened is I spent time at the library and even when I was reading, you know, whether it was Time magazine and a specific article grabbed my attention of a group called Public Enemy and sort of their stance of where they were at. So that's in my last year of primary school. My first year in high school, I meet this guy called Paul, but he uses the name Ozone. And the only other time I've ever heard the name Ozone was in that movie from 1984, Breakdancing, and then yeah. the Ozone layer. Remember, you can't leave the fridge open long. You can make a hole in the Ozone layer. So yeah, Ozone yeah, yeah, was this yeah. guy in my class, and he had the crush on this girl called Natasha. So he wrote a rap song for her, and he was like, can you beatbox for me while I rap for Natasha when she comes on the stairs? So now I'm getting into that space. I'm beatboxing while Ozone is rapping. I meet another guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, it's a whole thing. Um, the next year I'm in grade, grade nine, which we call standard seven. I meet another homie and he's like, yo, I moved here from Port Elizabeth. Um, my brother was teaching him, uh, learn, yeah, teaching him to drive. He was learning how to drive. My brother told, taught him how to drive. My brother and his sister was friends and he was like, um, my sister says that your brother says, you know, there's always that vibe. My cousin yeah, says yeah. that my like, <laughs> was, was like, my sister, yeah. Yes, exactly. My sister says that your brother says you like rap music. And I was like, yeah, I guess so, you know. And then here's the here's where it happens, Younger. Yeah. So um rumor has it that this girl's name has changed. So I'm not I can say her name now because her name is not <laughs> Jackie anymore. So there's a girl in my in my school called Jackie, and I'm like, yo, Jackie. Jackie's, you know, Jackie's the girl, and yeah. I have to pass. I have to pass our house on the way home from school. So I see her stand outside. I go to the gate, put up the carriage, and must always talk some smack about, you know, your eyes are like I don't know pearls yeah, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> you did it hurt when you fell you from know, the sky, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever game I was putting. The next minute it was like, yo, you know, I walked from school. I, I'm thirsty. Can I get a glass of water? So now we go into the house. We moved from the gate into the house. Yeah. And I'm I'm standing in the living room. The door's not closed. The door's open. She's getting the water. And this Ford Granada, so I'm talking an old school car, this Ford Granada pulls up into the driveway and Jackie's whole vibe changes. And she goes, my dad's going to kill you. And, I'm oh. like, and in my mind, I'm like, she's joking, right? And she's How like, no, my so I'm 15. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and she's like, my dad's going to kill you. No, like he's really going to kill you. I'm not supposed to have boys over and whatever, whatever. So yeah. she, had, she had a brother who was older who I didn't know. And for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to say his name was Gary. Um, <laughs> it, might, it might not be. So yeah. the next thing she does, Lunga, this is so interesting for me. She gives me this cassette tape and I get it into my hand. And it's like, as I grab it, the door of the car closes and the dad is almost behind me. And without yeah. saying good afternoon or hi or whatever, it's like that, that, that dagger look and it's like, who are you? What are you doing here? And she yeah. doesn't give me a chance to respond because I'm going to stutter or whatever. And she goes, no, daddy, easier for Gary. And I'm like, you know what I mean? So it's like she comes to the rescue and she goes, he's here for Gary. I take yeah. the cassette and I'm like, yeah, Gary uh, borrowed my cassette. I just came to fetch it and I walk and I leave. She doesn't walk with me to the gate, nothing. I walk, yeah. I don't look back. You know, it's kind of like you don't look back because yeah. he's, probably still, he's probably still watching me. So I walk, yeah. I, you know, I leave, close the gate and I'm gone. And it's kind of like, yo, I made it. I'm, I'm breathing, I'm, I'm alive. So I yeah. get home. But remember, I had the biggest crush on Jackie and she just yeah. gave me tape it doesn't matter what's on the tape i got it from jackie but i'm yeah you know curiosity gets the better of me and i put the cassette in and i think for the next 90 minutes i didn't do a single thing i didn't touch my school books i didn't have wow. supper i didn't have you know didn't i don't think i bath i didn't do anything i didn't yeah. close the curtains in my room nothing didn't feed the dog didn't do my chores i pressed wow. play and i was hooked and it was all cool jay DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince was on there. There was a guy in there called Rakim. His DJ was Eric B. Uh, yeah. I think Gangstar was on there. But some of the songs spoke about police brutality. Some of the songs on there spoke about black on black crime. Some of the songs spoke about white privilege. Some of the songs spoke out against racism. And a lot of yeah. it was similar to what I knew. I didn't experience as a 15-year-old. 
but I was aware of because I had older brothers and there's been these sort of what we call state of emergency, time of unrest. You know, I was at my school when the Caspers came up. Now, for people who hear this in the in the in the video who's thinking I'm yeah. not talking about Casper Novis, the rapper, I'm talking about I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about a police vehicle that was covered yeah. bulletproof and it looked like a monster, like a transformer type thing, but it was called Casper in our day. So I saw that happen. So this was Jackie giving me a cassette and makes me go, what is this music? How do I get more of it? Because remember, I've only seen those movies. I didn't have the music that was playing in those movies. Um, and someone in my school introduces me to a guy from, from Bonteville. His name is DJ Sinus, like Sinus, which you know. So I meet this guy through mutual friends and he hooks me up. You know, he's a DJ at a club in town called The Bass, but he's not the resident DJ. You know, he just goes there at the time. Uh, Shamil X, Rosano, and Ricky D were the guys frequenting the bass. Because remember, in my sort of journey and my kind of coming in, I'm actually third generation of hip hop. Second generation in terms of where we're at as a, as a city, but third generation for like making moves, if, if you understand yeah. what I'm saying. So I'm, yeah. so I'm active, but not on the scene that everybody knows about. And it automatically at school, I hear that the South newspaper, so no one remembers that, but it wasn't like a tabloid that we've got that other thing with page three. It's an actual newspaper with educational stuff in it. And it was very um, sort of grassroots level speaking for the workers unions and whatever, you know, pe like people's vibes, uh, good news, lots of good news, not bad news. Um, they were looking for freelance journalists who would do sort of like youth culture stuff. And because I was so interested in this thing called hip hop, I said, can I please, you know, apply? So I got that gig as a freelance journalist. But I mean, I'm in high school and I think for my first article, I interviewed Falco. So this is again how the pieces come together. So I yeah. do my homework and I find out that there's this amazing guy from Westlake, Mitchell's playing. Uh, someone told me, if you look on the field, there's a guy spraying. There's probably like 10 kids praying, but he's the guy with the mismatched socks. That's Falco. So I go there and I find this guy and we, we exchange details and I say to him, I'm going to come to his house. On the day that I come to his house, the weather was bad, so he couldn't go outside to do a piece for me to take pictures of. So he just decided to make a piece inside his room in his house. He just took wow. out the spray cans and he did a piece because this was going to be in the paper. And I think okay. Falco said this was the first time he had his picture and his story in the newspaper. Wow. So remember, we're talking youth culture. We're telling people about graffiti. Um, you know, we refer to it as an element, one of the five elements of hip hop. So now I'm covering, I'm covering Falco's story. I've never done graffiti in my life before, but I meet Falco. I've only dabbled in sort of the beatbox and rapping thing. And remember, I did the b-boying thing for like a minute before that. <laughs> so, so I continue with my friend Q, who I met from Port Elizabeth. We do a, a couple of stints at high school carnivals and people's birthday parties. And my brother lands a job at a record bar, where, you know, a record place that sells vinyl, which is, I can grab and show one if people on this thing thinks I don't, or don't know what I'm talking about, but let's call it big, C, let's call it big CDs for now. Um, so <laughs> he works at the record <laughs> Yes. He works at the record bar, so he brings records home and people who have birthdays and stuff, he goes to DJ at their parties. I go with him and another friend of ours who have passed on, so rest in peace, Arnold. I go with Arnold and I learn sort of the trade, you know, in terms of like, listening to music and reading the crowd, playing what the people want. And so we're talking early 90s, and obviously the music is now late 80s, early 90s. So we're talking, yeah. you know, uh, Whitney, from Whitney Houston to Michael Jackson, to a wow. bit of, like I said, LL Cool J, the Beastie Boys and whatnot. You like so saw, much. like, you saw the rise and like the juicy essence of Whitney and Michael Jackson and all these people, you know, because yeah. it was, live in your time and they were like your direct um inspiration you know yes. you turn on tv yes. and they live they now we have yeah so now if you play a whitney song it's sad that she's no longer here if you play a michael song she's no longer here luther vandross is no longer here um you know so many other great musicians have passed on of course um but then here's the interesting part so i'm not a hip-hop dj i'm just this guy who carries records for his brother and goes to these parties but I listen to a lot of the hip hop and the music that these guys are rapping on are the same beats and sounds that I've heard on a Barry White album or on a Stylistic or the Temptations albums. So now it's like, what is going on? So I'm in final year of school and my dad is obviously saying, if you get good grades, you could get a decent, you know, sort of gift or whatever. 
And a friend of mine that I met through the base and through the culture, I would say, he actually had a group called JAMB, which stood for just another medical from Bonteville. His partner in the group was Mr. Fat, the late Mr. Fat from Rasafani Kaab. So, uh, wow. so this is the first rap group Mr. Fat is part of. So they have a they have a group and they have this machine. It's called a drum machine that they make beats on. And he sells the machine to me because now I've passed my matric, so to speak, or got good grades in my matric year. Not final year. I'm talking like the first, I think it's like the first term or whatever. So I take okay. the money that I got from, you know, as a gift. It might even be my birthday money, but it is in my matric year and I buy that machine. But if I take a few steps back, another girl, which I said there was a girl in the story. I'm in my high school class, probably doing assignment, whatever. And a girl says to me, um, do you write raps? And I'm like, what do you mean? She says, I know you listen to rap, but do you write raps? And I'm like, I guess I could take a shot at it as poetry, you know? And she says, well, she heard on the radio. So... It was called Radio 5 at the time. It's now called 5FM. But it was called Radio 5. And she says, Radio 5 is doing a competition. We say a campaign with Willard's, the, the chips, Willard's crinkle cut. And they're looking for eight lines that rhymes about the chips and, you know, crinkle cuts or whatever. So I'm like, Willard. okay, cool. Willard's. So I go to my aunt's house after school and I listen to the radio and I'm waiting for like almost two hours for this advert to come on and the DJ's name is Alex J. He was a big time DJ in the early 90s. And there the ad comes up, you know. And here's the part that hooks me and it says, get your verse on the radio. Get your verse used by Willards. Get your verse performed by prophets of the city and wow. win 1,000 Rand. Now I'm saying younger, 1,000 Rand is a lot of money. Yes. In the 90s, okay? Yes. So we're talking 1991, so it's exactly what? 11, yeah, so it's like 30 years ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking a thousand rand. So I write my lines. I, I mean, I wish I still had the lines. I must find if there's still a lot <laughs> on the planet who maybe has a copy of the advert. But, but I, I write the rhyme. I send it in, not via email, not via Facebook, no hashtags on Instagram. I go yeah. to the post office, Yunga, oh. and I send it from the post office in, a, in an envelope. So it's written down. I write my name down. Proper posting. Not yes, yeah, posting. But, but now my name is Tyrone, or Tyrone, like they say, on the Cape Flats. And, and now I have listened to this album by a rap duo called Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. But it's EZ. He didn't write out the word easy. I didn't know of a guy called Easy E. I only found Easy E later. But obviously, being sort of consumed by this culture and seeing how they say bad meaning good, how they say dope when something is cool, or they say fly and whatever, learning the terminology. And my favorite series on TV is called New York Undercover at the time. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Maybe if someone's old enough, go Google that. Um, but New York Undercover had the dopest soundtracks during the movie. And sometimes they had guest performers from like the Wu-Tang Clan or Drew Hill, Cisco uh, would make an appearance in it. So it's kind of like a modern day law and order, but back in the 90s, you know, it's these two oaks. Yeah, it's like 21 Jump Street, but yeah. better, you know. Oh. And obviously they do some stuff in, in sort of like, you know, New York and the Bronx and all over the place. So there's a lot of a, a strong hip hop element. But long story short, come one Friday, they're going to announce the winner of this competition. So I listen to the radio, listen to all the music, all the ads, all the announcements. And it's coming to the time. Wallace, Crinkle, Cut, Radio 5, blah, blah, blah. And they go, the winner, blah, 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 blah. Uh, 15 years old, 16 years old, whatever, from Pontieville, Cape Town. He goes by the name of Easy T. <laughs> so T for Tyrone. And... Yeah. Um, you know, because I think I said something about cheesy and easy or whatever in the thing. And Alex J goes, you know, this is easy tease. And we've got Shaheen from Prophets on the studio, Prophets of the City in the studio. He's looking at the rhyme and they play a beat that I am assuming really D made at the time. I haven't met them yet. Eh? So I don't know these people yet. They these guys yeah. that I have pictures on my wall in, in my room. Took it out yeah. of the week in August, the jelly bean journal. I cut it out there and placed it on my wall. Um, yeah. And they rap this verse. So the beat plays once, they rap it, they, it plays again, they rap it again. And I'm losing my mind. And I'm like, kind of, because I'm, I'm, I'm alone in the room. No one else is there. And I'm like, this is happening. 
I wrote who, that word. Who else know that you? Who else knew that you did this besides the girl that spoke to you to do it? So that girl's name was that girl's name is Arlene, and a friend of mine uh, that was in school with me, Jeremiah, also knew about it. So, so now, yeah, but now here's the thing: because it's on the radio, I'm it's, I'm at home. Yeah. When I got to school on Monday, it was like I was related to the Kardashian team. That was the thing. Oh. Like, listen, I'm telling you, like it's it's I'm in the class and I'm like, Miss, can I go to the toilet? Sure. <laughs> and I can just go to the toilet and I stroll on my way back. I just go say hi to another homie in another class. And then it's yeah. a break time and I'm getting TV bar chocolates from this girl and this what? other homie is like sharing his bread with me or whatever because <laughs> I just everyone wants to be my homie. <laughs> so, so this is the price of fame. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. So I go to the library after school and someone says, are you the guy that won the competitions? I'm like, yeah. They're like, there's a dude with there's a dude with a ponytail who wants to talk to you. Where's he now by the game shop? And I'm like, by the game yeah. shop? I go to the game shop and I see this dude in this baggy pants, big fat guy, long Steven Seagal type hairstyle. He's got yeah. the baggy, he got baggy jeans, words written on like graffiti, whatever colors on the jeans. And he's Mr. Fat, F-A-T, Fat, wow. Ash, fat Ashley Titus. And he's like, I heard Shaheen rap your verse. Nice, cool. If you want to do more stuff, you know, let me know and I'll and I'll school you. And I was like, oh dang, okay. So now I was in. Exactly. No, like, but now I'm in. Remember, this is Mr. Fat. And he he then goes, if you want to, tomorrow night, my friend Martian and I we rehearse at his house, meet us there. It's a you know, it's Juniper Street, whatever the name of the street is. Yeah. So I go to the house, obviously excited, I get there. They play their beats, they're rapping, and I'm seeing other posters in the room. Um, yeah. No one's got a cell phone, eh? so no one is WhatsApping or BBMing or mixing. No one. It's just if you're there, you're there for that. So that's yeah. where we are present there, focused. If one's they're attention writing, is yeah, they're writing, they're writing a song. They also now are talking about a competition that's happening at the base. So the only thing I've done that's sort of worth talking about is I've interviewed Falco and now I've won this rap competition. Okay. So they go to a club which is called the base. They perform there and they win a competition. And I yeah. don't go to the, I don't go to the competition. It's a Saturday matinee club thing. I, I don't know why I couldn't go or I didn't go, but I hear that they won. So that's also big news. So I'm like, good. They can be my 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 the people I interview for the next article. So their yeah. first newspaper article now is written by me about them winning the competition. Can can I pause you there quickly? Of course. So, of course. Point, at this point, did um, I want to know what was your thinking? Did you know that you were going to go further or did you just see yourself as just a guy who's doing his articles right now and I'm just helping you out? It, and, and... I was doing it. Not Here's the thing. A lot of it, you don't see it while you're there. It's like, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a, a seed when you plant it. You don't see the tree. So it was just basically the baby steps, right? But later on, it's like, oh, oh. So I'm going to give you, I don't want to be all over the place because, I, I mean, the timeline is important. So I'm yes, in yes. school, I meet this girl, I get this cassette, and the music makes me understand there's a format here. People are rapping, mm-hmm. and they're rapping in, you know, in rhymes, and it's like sounds like poetry or whatever. And obviously, like I said, I'm a bit of a nerd, so I pay attention in school when we do English and we do poetry and whatever. And even there, I see the similarities. There's rhyming happening in poems, right? Roses are red, violets are blue, whatever, you know? Um, but again, remember, I'm from the Cape Flats. The people that I am surrounded by on the corners at the shop, whatever, we have that in in, in us because when a girl walks by, we say things to this yeah. girl that rhymes. Do you understand yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like in our nature. So it's very easy for us to get. Then, based on the fact that my brother's involved in sort of the the student representative council, people call it the SRC in school. Yes. Lots of, lots of people thought it's the political movement of the school, but it's not. It's just basically a group of students that fight for the rights for students or whatever you want to call it. So my brother yeah. was hectic involved in that. And like I said, there was meetings that they had and the police would come and shut it down. South Africa went through a state of emergency. I've been exposed to a bit of that whole the unrest era and, you know, the apartheid thing, of course. Um, now I hear these music from America and people are having similar stuff. So I'm, I'm gravitating yeah. towards it because I'm like, Oh, there are people in another side of the world. 
And I don't know how big is America, but I just know in America there are people that look like me a bit a bit, and they rap about the same things that I'm experiencing here. So because like I mean we didn't have like um a, the media wasn't a big thing for us at the time, you know, and no. as a kid, so you don't know that these things are happening that side, you nope. know. The, the, so the, the way is the only way. I opener for you when you heard like what. They're going through exactly. the same kind of things. I feel like they're rapping about my life, but I don't know who these people are, you know? Exactly. So and cool. then and then remember, I'm in school and I'm learning about Jan van Riebeek and I'm learning yeah. about Simon van der Stouw and I'm learning, you know, a bit of math, bar, whatever, business economics. But I'm not learning about Malcolm X. I'm not learning about Farrakhan. But you know where I learn about that? Through these hip-hop songs. Exactly. So now I'm done with school and I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? And a friend of mine says that they are going on this year tour uh, where they're basically teaching kids, you know, the dangers of drugs and how to stay away from it. And the year before that, my final year of school was 1993. For those of you who know history, Nelson Mandela gets released in 94. In 93, released by 94, he becomes president. But in 93, Prophets of the City did a eight or nine month school tour where they were doing voter education. So they were using rap to teach kids and people how to vote. My wow. friend who don't know that I've just met Prophets of the City, because part of my competition was a thousand rand prize money, and South Africa used to, or Cape Town used to have this thing called Red Nose Day, when you buy yes, this red exactly. nose from the shop. So there was a Red Nose Day concert, and they were the, 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 the what do you call it, the opening, or the headline act, the main act. So you go to the show and you meet them like backstage. That's part of your prize when you get your thousand rand from uh, five, what's it, Radio 5. So I went to meet them, and because I met them, obviously found out they knew who Mr. Fat was, because I said I was from Bondiville. So now it's like a thing. And I think less than a year after that, it was when really D was like, come to my wedding type thing. So it's like, we're friends now, do you know what I mean? But I'm yeah. not DJing, I'm not producing. I yeah. bought this machine from Martian because me and my homie are making our own little rap songs here at home. Not yeah. no stages or nothing like that. We're doing stuff at someone's birthday party, at youth in our church, or at a school carnival. That's like the most we're doing. But here's the thing. So because POC did that school tour, and obviously I'm now friends with them, I told them to come to my school. It's my final year of school. So they come to my school to perform. I see Reddy D do his thing on the turntables. And seeing it, I knew what I wanted to do with my life. Like I saw it, wow. but it was so but it was from a point of like how we grabbed the attention of the guys. Yeah. Part of it, if I'm honest, although he was really DN, and in POC he was also a rapper, for those of you who don't know, he wasn't just the DJ. And I think part of me had, I don't want to say insecurity or self-image issue, but I never saw myself as like a model type of guy. I didn't see myself as like a poster, a boy that's going to be on a poster for people to like look to. So DJing was almost like, I'll be at the back, I'll be behind the scenes. Okay. And I was trying to figure out, I love music, I want to share it with people, I'll DJ. If I DJ, I don't have to dance. If I DJ, <laughs> I probably don't have to talk to anybody. If I DJ, yeah. I could just be this guy here. But, but it's from a place of growing up when I looked in the, the books that was, you know, sort of making it, or the models on TV, they didn't look like me. The Mr. Yeah. South Africans didn't look like me or the people. Yeah. And again, someone, I don't know how many hundreds of years said, this is beautiful. And people just subscribe to that, which yeah. is obviously wrong. And then, yeah. you know, for the, for the females, I think they have it worse because someone says this figure is good and this type of hair is good and this yes. type of skin. But for men, we also go through the same thing. And maybe we don't talk enough about it as men. So I have all that stuff going on. And remember, I'm in Bontiro Avenue. My neighbor on the right... He's gone, he's passed on, so I can talk about him, was a leader in a big gang. And my neighbor on the left, who's also passed on, was like what we call in the Cape Flats, a merchant. He was selling yes. drugs to people. So I'm in the middle of these two. So in terms of choices, when I go to school, and I mean, I got mugged a lot, you know, into school from staying in Bontevall. But my choices were join the gang, do the drugs. No, that's actually not my choices. You know what I mean? Um, not choosing that is still a choice. But yes. I found out and I figured out with the help of my parents also, also that you can be a product of your decisions, not of your surroundings. So I decided that I wanted to do something with my life. I decided that I'm not going to go the traffic cop, doctor, dentist, lawyer route. And there's nothing wrong with those. We need all of those people. I, I feel like seeing really de-command and demand attention and respect 
by doing his craft on that level, I was like, yo, that's amazing. Now, here's another thing. I'm not into soccer. I don't know half the people that are being bought and sold and who's playing for who. But because I have a brother and you, you must have sibling vibes. He likes Manchester United. So I must like Liverpool. Otherwise, if we like the same thing, we're not going to, you know, argue yeah. about it. So it's cool to have that banter because yeah. we spent a lot of time together growing up. So there was a Liverpool match. And I think there had been a massacre at the stadium that they were playing. And before the match happened, there was a moment of silence. And then when the moment of silence was done, the referee blew the whistle. And then people just went ballistic because now the game's going to start. So people just roared. But to have that kind of power where you take the whistle and everyone is watching you. And as you bring it to your yeah. mouth, they're waiting for you because they're waiting for you to blow. And when yes. I saw that moment, Lunga, it gave me the same emotion of if a DJ put the needle on the record or plays play yeah. a CD player or play a song. Like, it's like you literally take people, whether it's a Friday night or a Saturday night, you make them forget about the account, about the call center who's phoning them, about the person who owes them money or their jacket they forgot or whatever. So it's like, that's what music does. And if you think I'm talking nonsense, watch a movie that's scary and put the sound off. It's not mm. a scary movie anymore. Do you understand? It's the sound that gives you the, yes. uh, the kind of vibe of something is about to happen. And when you, yes, and when you hear music now, like you know when you're in a relationship, you like Boyz II Men's music. But when you get dumped, you like the lyrics of Boyz II Men's songs because then the lyrics mean something. But when yes. you're just happy, you just like the vibe of the song. It's Boyz II Men. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> but when you, yeah. get, when you get dumped or cheated on, then you know all the words to Boyz II Men's songs. Yeah, then, yeah. It's like, <laughs> then it's like, you understand? So... So for yeah. me, hip hop was like that. It's like, it wasn't just, this is a nice beat. And the thing is my era of hip hop was, there was guys who were rapping about black consciousness. There were guys who were making fun. There were guys who were rapping about girls. There were guys who were rapping about the government. There were guys who were rapping some other weird stuff. And again, I chose it, you know, a friend of mine made this analogy where if you're in the supermarket, you can buy cold products, you can buy meat, you can buy drugs, you know, you can buy medicine, you can buy whatever. Yeah. You don't have to leave the shop. So everything is within the shop. You know, mm. you don't have to leave the shop. So you can get all of that stuff in hip hop and you can choose what you are part of. So for me, when there are dudes who are rocking skinny jeans and rapping what mumbling, I don't say that's not hip hop. It's not my hip hop. Yeah. I'm because yeah. I'm not the authority of hip hop. When when I got there, there was already hip hop. And I think when yeah. I'm not here anymore, there's still going to be hip hop. So I can't say this is and is not. But I want to give you the now, the 2021 version, so that people here can kind of catch up to why are you doing what you're doing now. The country's just gone into almost what is a year of a pandemic worldwide. I remember in February last year, friends of mine was going to travel. And I was like, yo, you guys are brave to travel. Didn't you see the news? There's this thing in Hong Kong. Someone ate a rat or someone ate a bat. I don't know what it was. Because you don't know. You're just like, oh, that's what happened. So yeah. little, you know, two months later, the government or the president comes on TV and he goes, oh, no church, no school, no movies, no casino, no whatever. And you're like, what? Oh, 2,000 people died. 52 people died. It's a man from Old Mutual. Oh, it's a man who's a teacher at school. Now it's a name. It was first a man or then a mm. woman who was traveling. Then it became a man. Then it became a name. Then that name became people we know. Yeah. Then it became someone that worked with you. Then it became someone that went to school or church with you. And then it yeah. became an auntie, a cousin, an uncle, a family member. And you go inside the house, it came really exactly. Close to yeah, someone in the house tested positive. So I can say my wife tested positive a couple of months ago. Thank goodness yeah. she's not no longer positive. But when that happened, there's two ways you could respond it's like panic and going, whatever, whatever. Like yeah. people get knocked over by cars, right? That's a fact. People do get knocked over by cars. But we don't say, I don't want to drive cars because people get knocked over by cars. Or people get knocked over by cars, I'm never going to walk anymore. Do you know what I mean? Uh, people use dirty money, but we still need money to buy stuff. we just wise in how we access the money. So for me yeah. as a DJ, more than six years ago, I decided that I'm going to do what's now popularized and the internet goes mad about multiple streams of income. Yeah. So as DJ Easy, if you asked me this 20, 30 years ago, I was getting in 
because the music made me feel a certain way. And when it gave me a bit of, let's call it fame, or if it opened a few doors for me, it's like, yo, if I'm DJing, all the honeys are checking me out. If I'm DJing, <laughs> if I'm DJing, I'm not never paying to get into the club again. If I'm DJing, I can get yeah. discounts on rims when I go buy rims and the guy who's selling rims like Zip or whatever. That's how you get into it. Do you understand? But yeah. but as you know better, you do better. When you understand that there are people who don't have the same uh, privileges as you. Because here's the thing, Lunga. People will say, what will you tell someone who's coming up? What will you tell your, your younger self? Like someone asked me, where do you see yourself in five years? Now, if you asked someone in 2015, where do you see yourself in five years? No one of them would have said in a pandemic. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. so, it's, so it's not a bad question, but it's like, what are you doing now? So, so here's the thing again. It's like a lot of us don't need advice. We need discipline. Because mm. advice, it's like we want someone else to tell us what to do, and we know what to do. And I'll tell you why I say discipline. Because you want to lose weight. But having to lose weight means having to wake up early and have a diet. But you don't want to do that. So it's yes. not advice. It's yeah. discipline. <laughs> yeah. You sure. want to save money to take your fiance or boyfriend or husband or wife on a holiday in Thailand or whatever. This is now when there's no corona. But that yeah. would mean you can't go for sushi. It means you can't buy two packets of cigarettes. You can't buy expensive coffee when you're out. You just don't want to make your own coffee. You don't want to cook at home. You want to be, you want to take photos on the gram and be at the burger yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. <laughs> So it's discipline that you need, not advice. Do you understand? Mm. There's nothing new under the sun. This thing that we are on is called the internet. If you want to make an omelet, you can Google and they'll tell you how to make an omelet. If you want to change a tire to your car, it'll tell you. If you want to DJ, even for you making the stream, if you didn't know how to make a stream, you can Google, how do I stream live on five platforms? And this, exactly. So for me, I had to figure out. But here's the thing that someone told me years ago. If you want to paint, hang with painters. If you want to be a mechanic, hang with mechanics or people that are into cars. So I yes. didn't want to be a gangster, so I didn't hang with gangsters. I yeah. wanted to be in hip-hop, so I was hanging with hip-hop cats. And when I was with them and I saw that they were going nowhere, I removed myself from that. When things in life don't add up, you start subtracting, basically. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I was like, eh, this is not where I want to go. This is cool. I'll be acquaintance and friends with them, but I don't want to invest my time in there. Because remember, wasted time is worse than wasted money. Because you can get money again. Yeah. You can't get time again. We get Sweet. older, not younger. So I decided that I'm going to use my time. So I'll give you some highlights. It's 1991, I win the competition. It's 1994, I travel. It's 1995, I am now friends with some of the cats who are making moves and doing hip-hop stuff. But here's the thing, I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be a celebrity, not because I hate celebrities or whatever, but it was just like, eh, I want to be able to go to the local shop and not be bombarded by people asking yeah. for photos and autographs or whatever. I want to be chalked. Yeah. So I'm cool being behind the scene. And it's a bit of just like, it's phony, man. Like, if you if you fight to be number one, then you must fight to stay there. So I'm just like, nah, I'm cool. It's not like I don't want to be great, but being yeah. great means different things to different people. Like, yeah. if you say to someone, a successful DJ, someone, the first name in South Africa, we think is Black Coffee, made $100,000 yeah. in 2019. Played Coachella twice, played a party for Puff Daddy, played a Puff party forever. In 2020, it was KG, Jerusalem, a master KG. Vin Diesel yeah. phones him and says, have a party at my house. Ronaldo plays his music or whatever. That's big, right? Yes. So that's cool. But for me, it's like a lot of these people don't know where they're going to be next week because a manager and a calendar dictates that for them. So they have yes. to miss. So the sacrifices are... You're going to have to miss mommy's birthday. You're going to have to miss your wife or girlfriend's birthday. You're going to have to. And again, I'm not saying those are bad sacrifices. You need to treat. Look, you are free to do what you price want to. The price of pay. Exactly. You are free to do what you want to, but you are not free from the consequences. Yes. Do you understand? And this is not me putting black coffees on the business on the street, but black coffees marriage was public business. It was in the public now that there's issues in the marriage because this woman felt that she was married and her kids are calling someone else daddy because their daddy's never at home. He's 
for me, it doesn't make sense that 200,000 people are screaming my name, but I go back to an empty apartment after the gig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Or you, yeah, go back yeah. to an empty, you go back to an empty hotel room. So when I chose between the two, I want to come home to someone. I don't want to come home to an empty hotel. Of course, I'd love to go to Italy and have someone else pay for it. But here's the thing, Lunga. My first time to Germany, flying business class, I didn't pay for it. Nice. Sponsor paid for it to DJ. My first time to the US, business class, someone else paid. My first time to Swaziland, someone else paid. My first time to Lesotho, someone else paid. So someone paid. I didn't pay for it, and I don't have the money to pay for it. But this DJing thing. So the benefits are, of course, you can travel and you can do certain things. But like I said, the price was, if you're, if you're a parent, you might have to miss a school concert here, and you might have to miss your son kicking a ball, soccer, or riding a bike, or whatever the case may be. And those are sacrifices that you must choose you're okay with. I'm not yeah. saying people mustn't do it because they're going to miss out. For me, those are things that I wouldn't want to miss. Okay? But in 1995 and six, when I was traveling, I did miss friends of mine's weddings and birthdays. And some of them were upset or whatever. But it was me trying to do what I'm doing. And a lot of friends of mine that started out with me are no longer interested in music or hip-hop. And I'm still doing this thing. But yeah. I am a hustler. But DJing is not my hustle. Mm. I'm an entrepreneur. But DJing is not my business. Do you understand uh, what I'm saying? So yeah. my hustle is completely different. Like you can get a DJ Easy T-shirt, hoodie, cap, music on iTunes, or a coffee mug. Do you understand yeah. what I mean? Or you can just come and have a party at waiting room or at classics with DJ Easy. You choose. Yeah. Your kid wants to do hip hop dancing. I have partnered with my wife. We own a dance school. So I'm an entrepreneur. But DJing is not my business. So when Corona came and there were no clubs. I wasn't like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Yeah. Because that's the thing, man, you understand. It's like the multiple streams of income was there already before the time and kind of being serious about what you do. So a lot of, can I tell you, in my career as a DJ, I actually say no to gigs more than what I say yes to gigs. Oh, okay. And when, I say, and when I say no, it's not because I don't want to DJ. I don't want to DJ on those terms. So here's where it is, younger. Like, I want to DJ because I want to, not because I have to. Yes. And a lot of DJs DJ because they have to on Friday because they're depending on the 600 rand and the 700 rand. Yeah, and true. for me, it's like, no. For me, there's way more into it. There's 30 years of experience. There's expertise. There's me prepping. There's the equipment, whether it is what headphones you buy, what... DJ tools, you you know, whatever, your expensive laptop in the prepping yeah. of the mix and the music, are you making your own edits? All of that needs to be taken into consideration. And then again, is it is it an ongoing thing? Are you DJing once at this place and never again? Or are you making it such a good impression that they're gonna give you repeat business? So for me, some of my some of my I would say benefits or some of the stuff I got out of DJing was the radio station where I worked approached me. I didn't knock on Goodo's door and say, please, can you give me a job? I was doing something, Goodo saw it, and they're like, yo, do you want to join this team? We saw what you're doing in the community. I got into that job. And when I walked in, it was to DJ, and it was to be a mixed show DJ. Then I presented, and I'm a producer. And in 2020, the show I produced won a hip-hop award. We won the best radio show award for 2020. Yes, congratulations to that. Thank you. So I get to work with Ready D, who in my opinion is the number one DJ on the planet, in the country, in South Africa, in in Cape Town, in whatever. Anybody the debate is up, but I don't care. Yes, I'm biased because he's my homie, (laughs) but I get to work with him. And then secondly, like I said, in 96 when I was DJing, it was the king of Swaziland's birthday. They were like, you want to come? We went and we rocked the party, (laughs) me and my homies. When when uh, the Crazy Eve Squad was invited to perform at St. George's Cathedral, they were like, um, they don't want the band to play, they want the DJ. And the guy who's the Archbishop said, it's a bit unconventional and not heard of, but cool, let's put a DJ in St. George's Cathedral. So I did yeah. that. But it's because they trusted me. It's because, you know, when I show up at events, I don't show up drunk. I show up, I think I'm presentable. Yeah. I think I'm a nice guy. So am I the best DJ in Cape Town? No. Am I the hottest DJ in Cape Town? No. Am I the most booked DJ? No. Um, but am I on time? Yes. Am I presentable? Yes. Do I give you bang for your buck? Yes. Uh, is your event 
event guaranteed fire, yes. If I'm there, yes, we're going to have a good time. And those are the things that you have to apply yourself. So, yeah, this, the story is like this. Like I said, Unga, the takeaway is you can be a product of your decisions, not your circumstances. So whether you come from a broken family, broken home, whether you were raised by a granny, a parent, a guardian, your own parents or not own parents, that's irrelevant. The community where you grew up, whether it's Mellenberg or Bishop's Court, Joburg, Aldo's, Botswana, it doesn't matter. You decide, you commit, and then you succeed. And success means different things to different people. For me, success is happiness. Yes. And if you put your happiness in a car, they're going to steal the car, and then you're unhappy. If you put your happiness in a person, the person dies or the person leaves you, then you're unhappy. Like my wife is not my better half because I'm not half a person. I'm a full person, so she is my, you know, people say, that's my other half. No, I'm not half a person. She's not my other half. She's, she, she compliments me. She <laughs> like, no, she's not. She's not yet. Yeah. No wonder you say, say that. <laughs> no. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> for, me, it's like, for me, it's like, it's cool to have someone that supports you and believes in you, and that's cool. And I need my wife. It's cool for yes. me to need her. Like I always say to her, you must need me, but don't be needy. Do you understand yes. what I mean? So, so valid, <laughs> yeah, valid, validation <laughs> is such a, like an Insta, I mean, if you think of social media, it's like a thousand likes and a thousand dollars are not the same thing. Yeah. You know I mean? And a hundred likes and what's a hundred likes if you don't like yourself? Do you understand? So for me, it starts with me. I'm confident. I'm happy. My confidence is not, I wonder if Lunga is going to be happy. My confidence is, if Lunga doesn't, I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's why when you phone and you say, can you DJ for A, B, and C? And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. This is what, you know, unfortunately, I can't do it. Not getting paid. This is my rate. Well, yeah. well, we can do A, B, and C. And then if we do, we make it happen. If we don't make it happen, when I play it uppercut, because because I want to play there, not because I have to play there. When I mm. played classics, it's because it was our party. Because for years, we built other empires and we made other people rich. And we had to jump through hoops and deep play what they wanted to hear. And we're like, no, let's take the power back. And we can, we can have a system where people look like us and dress like us can yes. be in a position of power. And yeah, and even like you, man, shout out to you firstly for taking the jump. I don't know how long you've been contemplating or wanting to do it. And that's yeah. it. You just start. You just you don't yeah. have to be great to start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you must just start and then you'll be great. You understand? But at the beginning, yeah. you don't have to be great. Just start. And you're going to get better. Your first, you might hate this first episode by episode six. And yeah. by episode 10, you might hate episode I love, five. I love but I'm saying... A year from now, you're going to look at this first episode and be like, sure, yeah. I'm glad I started. You might say I should have started earlier, but now that you've started, yeah, it's going to yeah. go. And you'll see, Lunga, if you're lazy, just, you're just going to stay lazy. But if you're productive, it, it kind of breeds, it creates more productivity. So just keep at it, bro. Like, whatever else you're going to have on your, just, you know, I, I, I'm super honored and I'm super humbled and privileged. I didn't know the story of you and hardcore mentality. And that's the yeah. other thing. You don't know who's watching. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying my best to, to keep my sneakers clean. You'll see I'm in the room. <laughs> because yeah. I don't know who's watching and who's going to catch me. So, uh, actually, that's on, it, that, yeah? on that, easy. Um, we've got four minutes left. And oh, this is okay. one I want to really bring up. And thank you for sharing your amazing story. I, like, pictured everything and how you just went from everything. And, like, I mean, if you look at your journey, if you, like, play it back, it sounded like you were, you were more to the rapping side. And then, like, yeah. it was that one moment where you saw that magic. And you're like, this is it, you know? And then you saw it somewhere else, you're like, no, this is it. And then that's how it, like, started for you. Um, there's one thing that I wanted to touch on in this conversation that I really wanted to speak about. Um, I, I know we've got four minutes left, so I just, I don't know. If, I don't, don't no, want to rush you, but no, just, like, get um, So... I've always seen you as a soldier of the light because, I mean, I've, I've been to another event which wasn't necessarily a battle, but it was like a showcase kind of thing. And you were yeah. playing some hip-hop tracks of familiar songs that we know, but the lyrics are changed to gospel. And it's like, it yeah. sounded so amazing. And I've known you for always um, pushing positivity and pushing always the light. Um, did you have any kind of... So in, in any form, kind of dark forces that have challenged you since, or what made you decide to go in that light route? And did you have any challenges of, on your of course, of, 
of course. Like even when I started wanting to do this, my my, my parents were like, "What is this?" Because again, when you say hip hop, and people see dudes, you know, with girls in their mouth or half naked women on a boat or whatever, they think that's hip hop. But again, like religion is a good thing. There's people that come together and pray, but then there's people who blow up places in the name of religion. So there's two sides to the story. And when it comes to like you use the word light and you use the word truth or you use the word, you know, like sort of positivity. I, I've made a decision that I'm not going to be on the side where people are talking nonsense or people are telling people to treat women badly or whatever. Because my mom's a woman, so I'm never going to call a woman by, you know, by another word. And and when it comes to just like doing stuff together, man, like when you, there's a certain thing that happens to you when you live a life of service. So like I was saying to you, like for me, when I DJ, it's, I'm serving. It's like I'm giving people an experience. People are, yo, when was did I hear this song? We were on the yeah. camp. Or yo, I remember we used to sit in Dangas' Paki with this song playing or when this song came on. Because that's what music does to people. It takes you on that trip. Yeah. And I want to be instrumental in that. But in the same way, because people, music is catchy and people repeat it or whatever, instead of me saying, shoot your mother, eat your dog or whatever the bad lyrics, there isn't the word Versace, Versace, Versace. It's like you can have a positive thing. And like I said, the prophets of the city used it to educate people on voting. Me and the crew um, inside out, we used it to educate kids on drugs and staying away from it. So you can use it. And I've kind of figured out the tool and, you know, I've, I've kind of worked it out in terms of like hitting the right song and the right vibe to make people gravitate towards this thing. And at the end of the day, they go, oh, like Shackles is a big song in the clubs. And yes. but, those were, but those were gospel songs. Yeah. But there's, a form, okay. but there's a formula. But there's a formula to it, if you understand. Yes. So, so I mean, that's kind of it. And, and I mean, I'm I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. Amen. You understand what I mean? So, so I that's kind like, of it. so. Yeah. Easy. It's cool, been, wow. I mean. I've learned so much about you now. And like I said in the beginning, it's, I mean, one of the aims is to add more value to the person that we are, that we appreciate. You, and I don't think I would have ever found out this part of your story or the journey any other way if we didn't have this kind of conversation. So thank you so much for allowing to be, for agreeing to be my first guest and also just allowing yourself to like um, share your story with us, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people um, learn from it. I saw some comments, people saying fire, people saying thank you so much and just wow faces, you know. It's amazing. It's really, really amazing. And um, it's, it, it adds more It adds more to the picture of the people that you admire, the people that you look up to, you know. So I, I feel like, wow, you know, when you're speaking about the challenges of where you came from and all those things, I feel like, yo, we relate a lot there, you know. And through your story, I also know now to trust the process and I also know now to the decisions and i also know now that i mean you were young at the time you could have easily gone with the direction of whatever hip-hop was going but you decided i'm going to go in this particular direction because when it started for you hip-hop started on actually on a positive uplifting moment yes. when you took that cassette it, it was a, it was an awakening basically right and it was an upliftment and you're like i want to be part of this so you've yes. always been on a good path and you've always been trying to do good and it shines today, and, and I know you still have a long way in front of you. Oh, yes. Um, I wish yes. you could speak about the other things that you are doing also that you're involved in, I mean, with the charities and also the things that you're doing all over, over the world. Um, like I said, if the people want to find out about those things, they can just check it out. But we don't, we don't have enough time. And, um, oh, sorry, man. Yeah. You had me talking. You had me. Let me oh. listen here. That's just the old school way, man. It's like, yeah, at the beginning, I thought it's going to be too long of a time. But, yeah, thank you for letting me share my story. I am super, like I said, I'm super honored and privileged that people actually care about it. But something I just want to say, don't rush. You know, your page two or page three is someone else's page 10. And don't compare uh, or, or look at their journey. So for me, it's never too late. You know, no one says you must have a car by 30 or you must be married by 30 or you must have whatever. You know what I mean? Like, figure it out. You have a lot of time. Like, so for me, I'm glad it's, it's never too late. Um you know, you can always start, but just start. That's it. So thank you. Yes. Shout out to you. Shout out to the people behind the scenes. Shout out to Shaskia for making everything look good. Lunga, you the man, man. And I'm going to check it out. Yeah, whatever you do from here, I'm, I'm excited to see the guest. Peace. Yeah. Also, thank you so much, DJ, DJ Easy. You've been a blessing tonight with us. Um, You have made really the first episode of The Price of Fame exactly what it is, exactly what we were looking for. You gave it to me. The questions that I had was... Pfft, Leave that out there, you know, you gave it perfect. 
Exactly. Like, and thank you so much for being part of this. Um, I'm going to see you, DJ Easy. All the best thank with you. your journey. Everything, the best with the hip hop. And I would love to be in the space again at a competition and see you on the decks exactly like the way I saw you the first time I, I was introduced to hip hop. I'm looking forward to that. I think Red Bull BC1 is coming up and I will see you probably at other events coming up again. But thank you so much. Peace be to you, brother. God bless Peace, you. Man. Thank you. Bye-bye.